0: Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 238. It's made possible this week by FreshBooks, Squarespace, and Warby Parker. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and because it is an even episode, I will first announce Mr. Federico Vittici.
1: Hello, Stephen. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm back in my rightful spot as the first, um, what's the name, introductee? Is that is that a word? Yes. I don't know. Oh, oh. That's,
0: that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I like so that. Here I am. Hi. Hi. Bringing up the rear, we have Mike Hurley.
2: This is bullshit. <laughs> what <Well, laughs> up, boys? I'm jet go. lag. Let's do this thing.
1: <laughs> oh, hi, Mike. Welcome <laughs> <So>, back. <laughs> thank you. To Europe.
0: I just saw you just a few days ago. Yep. We were in Atlanta together where mm-hmm. we did a live. Episode of Ingenious, and then y'all did a live episode of the Pen Addict at the Atlanta Pen Show. Always a super fun trip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll put links to those in the show notes. Show well, but we have some follow up, and the first piece here says Federico's whole childhood was a lie. So yes, (laughs) yes. I what's happening?
1: I made a very unsettling discovery as I was doing some research around uh, a thing that I mentioned last week um, and that made me very sad and I spoke about this with Sylvia, my girlfriend and uh, we were shaken by this discovery um, so when Mike made a joke about uh, the keyboard butler, Keeves. and he said Keeves, mm-hmm. and I didn't know who. why was that funny, and he mentioned how Jeeves is this figure, this butler figure from, I don't know, some movie or TV show? Like, what, what's it from? Book series. and It's a book series and okay. TV show. Um, and I said, oh, like Ambrogio. Uh, and Ambrogio was uh, this character, uh, this butler uh For the commercials of a popular um, um little chocolate thing uh the, the Ferrero rocher you guys are familiar with those right
2: oh you didn 't have the ambassador ads
1: no no we had the we we had the lady she was uh, we call it like the lady in yellow or something um and she was the lady of the Ferrero rocher. And mm-hmm. Ambrogio was her butler, uh, and he, you know, drove the car and just randomly plop, popped up to make sure that she had, you know, her daily dose of Ferrero Rocher. That was what Ambrogio was meant to do, to supply her with <laughs> Ferrero Rochers as much as possible. Um, and, uh, but I, what, I, what I discovered is that by, you know, just Googling Ambrogio, uh, Ferrero Rocher, that kind of stuff, um, Ambrogio is a British man. Ambrogio is not Italian. Ambrogio is a British actor named Paul Williamson, who is uh, still alive and is very old at this point, but he's still, mm, I think, still working, actually. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Ambrogio, not an Italian butler, but a British butler playing Italian. And I should have known, I guess at the time, I didn't notice that there was voiceover going on. Um, So I rewatched the commercials, and you can tell that it's, you know, even the actress, the lady, uh, she's an American actress, I think.
2: That's super interesting because I don't remember these ads. Like, Ferrero Roche, like, there's this thing about the ambassador. It's like, that was, like, the advertising campaign for my entire life. Um, so it's strange that these were dubbed, but I don't know them because I would have expected that they would be the UK ads and then they dubbed them, right? Like, that's what you would think. But that I don't think that's what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Ambrogio uh not a not an Italian butler but just you know whatever cap- capitalism served in terms of actors and commercials so very sad follow-up very sad story uh i feel like this is uh you know it's it was one of the key figures of you know my childhood in terms of uh, tv consumption you know the ferrero rocher commercial and Ambrogio it's like it's like a joke that people use in italy like yeah l- literally like i used it last week uh, right, when I think again, of like, a butler
2: what i just said about ambassador you're spoiling us that is a joke that people in the uk use Right? Like it was, go. there were it's these the fancy dinners at like the ambassador's house or whatever, and then someone would bring out like this pyramid tray of a Rocher and someone would yeah. go, "Ambassador, yeah. you're spoiling yeah. us." <laughs> and like that is like a thing that people say to each other is like a, it's like a meme, right? It's like if yeah. someone's yeah. like you go at someone's house and they have like a bunch, I was like, "Oh, ambassador, you're spoiling us." So
1: yeah, yeah, or like when when someone is bald and you call him Mister Clean, you know, stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not so much, but sure. It's it's in that vein, sort of when commercials and advertisements...
2: Well, I'm very, very sorry that, that, that we yeah. had to be the reason you found out that your entire childhood well, was a lie.
1: Yeah. Also, Ferrero Rocher is not sponsoring this episode, so <laughs> this is a true story.
0: Okay. I'm glad we got that, that taken care of. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it did remind me of uh, Kate's awesome tweet, where she... Illustrated key's presenting a iPad keyboard case on what appears to be a golden platter because mm-hmm. that's yes. what keyboard keyboards deserve to be presented on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. And I love the lettering in this um, artwork. Yeah. The three D effect is very very good. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: Kate is the official illustrator of Connected. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go, hands down. Perfect. We have uh, some feedback about health kit data between multiple phones I think this came up in Federico's multi-watch lifestyle section yeah. of the show Yes.
2: oh no I think it was when we were talking about iCloud like that you can't have oh, no, health yeah, sync it was from iCloud. iPhone to iPad but it does sync from iPhone to iPhone
0: yes uh, so Stefan corrected us saying it does sync between two iPhones but that it is re- I mean, this is quoting ridiculously slow so slow that you would think it doesn't work at all <laughs> Just, I love I love that phrasing and-
1: uh, so. I can add that I was told privately that it does merge, of course, between devices. So uh, it syncs and it merges. It's, it's kind of slow because its I, I think it's due to the encryption mm-hmm. going on. But uh, it does work as we hoped it would. So yep. I- even more so, it means it is technically possible for Apple to actually use this data on the iPad even though the iPad the iPad will not capture any data, it can at least present it. So that would be technically yeah. possible already.
0: Uh Federica, let me ask you a question. You may not know the answer, but I know the like the A twelve processor in the iPhone has that motion coprocessor. Does that just not exist on the iPad?
1: I am not sure. I think it does not exist, but I would need to double check on okay. that. aspect. It just
0: popped in my head. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot.
1: But my feeling is it does not have that, that processor. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, it. why would it, right? It's, it's like it's it's tracking your steps. Although I think it also does some some of the Ahoy Telephone stuff.
2: Uh, the uh, Wikipedia page for the Motion Co-Processor mm-hmm. says that it's in the A12X Bionic.
0: Okay. So maybe it's there, but it's just not doing... It's used for different things. Doing things. Yeah, yeah. It's
2: the So the function is to collect sensor data from integrated accelerometers, gyroscopes, and compasses, and offload the collecting and processing of sensor data from the main central processing unit. And the iPads still have that stuff in them.
1: You can go for a walk with an iPad and, and use the iPad as a pedometer, I guess. <laughs> I actually don't know. It's the, I actually don't know if you
2: can't do that, though. Right? Like it has the chip in it, but can you actually do that? I don't know.
0: Yeah, this feels, cool like, yeah say, this feels like. Yeah, I say this like a question for underscore.
1: <laughs> you can strap an iPad to your chest and use it as a running app. You could actually install a knife. A knife.
2: Oh on- my god! Underscore, just join the chat. We have summoned David Smith and apparently it doesn't do step counting no, that that's is one so of the sad. craziest things that's ever happened why did that david's just like he's just like lurking somewhere that mm-hmm. was such a crazy thing to what? see
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you say his name he will appear can we summon david on demand is that how this works Interesting. Uh,
0: underscore as a service
1: well wow. he, he crushed my dream of strapping an ipad to my chest and using it as a step counter you
0: could still do that it just wouldn't work as a step counter
1: it's also you know. i would look like a crazy person but that's yeah. a different problem
0: It'd be like an iron man type thing
1: kind of yeah
0: Mike, tell us what's going on in the UK with Apple Music.
2: Oh, is, oh! I wonder where you were going with that. Like, in general, <laughs> yeah, I have but, no but, idea. But I can't help long you. Long away from that. Easy, um, <laughs> easy. Nobody knows. Um, Apple Music is finally available on the Echo in the UK. Congratulations. I haven't okay. set it up because I decided I actually don't care about having it because I don't want to listen to music on my Gen 1 Echo or an Echo Mm-mm. Dot. Mm-mm. But... uh it's available now, so I just wanted to follow up on something which is so ridiculous that Amazon takes so long to roll out features to other Echo products, but it's now available.
0: And you have spent some time with an iPad Mini, I believe.
2: Yeah, a friend of mine, Thomas, at the pen show had it, um, and he brought like the iPad Mini and the Apple Pencil, and it's a really great device. I just don't think it has a fit for me. Like This is basically what you were saying too, right? You use it and like, ah, if this looked like an iPad pro, it would be a very different scenario. But like so much of it feels like a step back from what I'm used to. Yeah. Um, if you are an iPad mini owner, this is like a no brainer upgrade totally because it moves super smooth, super fast. It looks fantastic, right? Like it's got all of the stuff that you love about it and you know, so go for it. Like it's wild, like go crazy. Um, it, in, and the Apple Pencil is great on it, but it's the Apple Pencil is way too big. It just is di- disproportionately bonkers using an Apple Pencil that is about as big as the iPad Mini. Like that, it just feels super weird to do that. Um, but it's you know, it's 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 available if you want it. I think it's a good product, but um, I'm pleased I didn't get one because I just don't. I wouldn't use it. Like my multi-pad lifestyle setup is is pretty pretty set right now and i don't need a device like this um but it is definitely a great upgrade for people that want that kind of device in their lives so i did also i was talking to a friend of mine His name's pontus and he was at the pen show too and he had an ipod touch with him um and i was holding the ipod touch and was like oh man this is such so thin and light and then i remembered the fun fact about the thinnest ios device which is the new ipad and it was funny because Brad had his iPad Pro to put them down on a table next to each other, and like that device is thinner than this one, although you'd never believe it. Yeah, and it's just like, a, <laughs> and it's it's like a super th- thin difference. Like the the difference is like minuscule, but it it is possible to see it. But it's just hilarious when you're holding the iPod Touch, which is like feels still like this impossibly thin and light. Product, it does. that. It is no longer the thinnest iOS device. Both new iPads are thinner than yeah.
0: it. It's it's almost as if device thickness is not a problem for USB C. Like people, yeah. some people think it is. <laughs> they can go yeah. thinner and still go USB C on the iPhone. Just a whole not hope, endless mm-hmm. hope.
2: Well, I mean, irrespective of the iPads, other phones have USB C. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. yeah maybe absolutely. Apple have like boxed themselves into a thermal corner with it, but mm-hmm. it is definitely possible to put USB C into phones. And this isn't a thing like oh I I don't I'm not dying for them to do it. I would love them to do it. Um but if I have to wait another couple of years, I'll wait another couple of years. But I would really like to see USB-C come to the iPhone at some point.
0: I just I just want yeah. one cable for everything. I had this while traveling this weekend, right? In a hotel, yeah, have a, a multi-charger and it's like, "Oh, I have a USB-C cable for my iPad and my MacBook, but lightning for my phone and yeah. lightning for it's my like brother's have- iPad like"
2: We have all of the
1: downsides of USB C without the major upside. <laughs> the, the only, I was thinking about this, and it feels to me like the only upside of Lightning is that it is the existing connector. And 100%. therefore, yes. uh, the only benefit is not, do not change it because it's, it's going to be annoying. But mm-hmm. like, And I guess maybe you could argue that if you get a Lightning cable from Apple or one of the MI5 ones, it's always gonna work, irrespective of you know data transfers or charging rates, those kinds of issues that maybe are still a problem with USB-C. I feel like they used to be a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the situation has gotten better on, the, on that front. Uh, well, but everyone really,
2: knows since we got USB two x two SuperSpeed XFL. Yeah, yeah, We're but
1: good. I feel like now that you, you know, once you know, okay, thick cable means also data transfers. Standard t- cable just means charging. Um, yeah, it's still confusing. So you could argue that lightning is easier to understand, just get a lightning cable. Mm-hmm. But also the Apple lightning cables are terrible because they always break eventually after a few months. Like, everybody I know complains about the lightning cables. Everybody. So now, thankfully, I just saw that Anchor launched this week the first MIFI um, USB-C to lightning cable uh, that's out on Amazon.com list. list. Uh, but really... To me personally, I feel like the only benefit of keeping Lightning is keeping Lightning so you don't have to change it. But, you know, I would love to have USB-C. Not to the extent, though, that I've seen some people say, unless Apple puts USB-C in the next iPhone, I'm not going to buy the next iPhone. I'm not like that. I'm going to buy the next iPhone, even if it doesn't have USB-C. But, you know, one can dream. Uh, I did just go to Anchor's website, like
2: to get that uh, to get a link to the the cable, which I put in the show notes. They actually link straight out to Amazon, which is kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a like a marketing hashtag, which I like, which is hashtag use Anchor instead, which I just think yeah. is really frigging good. <laughs> that like, is good. That is a brand that understands themselves. Like, like their their main thing here is like ditch your freebie charges. Hashtag use Anchor instead. It's
1: very good. Yeah, because I it's like what that. people It's what people say. Yeah, I think that's very clever. I like that. Yeah. I think
2: that's, that's good work, anchor marketing people.
0: Okay, so we have a bunch more stuff to talk about, but I want to tell you about our first sponsor. That is FreshBooks. Everyone likes to save time, and that's especially important when you're a freelancer. And our friends at FreshBooks can save you up to 192 hours with their simple cloud accounting software for freelancers. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. FreshBooks has a couple of features I really love as someone who has used FreshBooks long before they were a sponsor. One is automatic late payment email reminders. So if I've invoiced somebody and they have it paid, I don't have to go back and and go back through the long list of invoices and try to track them down. FreshBooks... Automatically send an email reminder to that person so I can spend less time chasing those payments. And likewise, when you do email a client an invoice, FreshBooks can even show you whether they've seen it or not. You know, sometimes you end up in a situation where, well, I'm not sure if they're on vacation or not, or maybe they saw it and they're just avoiding me. FreshBooks can tell you what's going on and put an end to that guessing game. If you're listening to this and not using Freshbooks yet, now is the time to try it. Freshbooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show with no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com/connected and enter the code connected in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, that's freshbooks.com/connected. We thank Freshbooks for their support of this show and Relay FM.
2: So, Steven, you've been out in the field doing some serious testing for us. Uh, can, can you, do you want to report on your findings?
0: Sure. Uh, so I'll put a, a, a link in the chat room as well. Uh, this link in the show notes is to a completely shattered Apple Watch Series 4. My mm-hmm. Apple Watch Series so, 4. Did you,
2: did you finally do the drop test we've all been looking for?
0: That's right. I said, you know what? My YouTube channel its not really growing the way I want it to. <laughs> I should drop some stuff. (laughs) No, no, that's not what happened. So uh, I was on a bike ride yesterday wearing a helmet because you should always wear a helmet when you're riding Mm -hmm. a bicycle. Mm -hmm. People who don't are just asking for trouble. Or electric skateboards. Or an electric skateboard. Or rollerblades. Mm -hmm. Or Or a spaceship. A spaceship. You should wear a helmet, definitely. That's a good one
1: gravitational boots
2: and uh, not enough people talk about these that this these days federico i'm really pleased that you called that out you know yeah, yeah for spaceship sure. safety Stay is working. a real concern we want to get on the record about this we 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 yeah. believe in spaceship safety
0: mm-hmm. we do so uh, i was on my road bike and i had a little tumble and uh, yeah. i learned a few things one fall detection on the apple watch it does work if you crash a bicycle into Good. the ground okay. um kind of laying there doing a self-assessment. I, I'm okay. Like, a sprained a wrist, but that's the worst of it. I was just kind of checking out, like, am I okay to get up? And because there's no one around, thankfully, because I'm sure it looked awesome. And all of a sudden, my watch, which I hadn't realized is broken at this point, is just going crazy, saying, hey, it looks like you've taken a hard fall. We're going to call emergency services and your contact information. How is it
2: alerting you? Is it like making a sound or, like, buzz it? Like, what's it doing? It
0: is vibrating way harder and faster than i've ever noticed it doing i don't know if it was making a sound or not actually i have my watch on silent i just don't recall okay if it was Uh, i'm gonna say yes that it was making a noise but i'm not positive it probably was because if you do
2: the um emergency sos it makes a sound even if you don't even if you have it
0: silent i I, I didn't have my notes app out taking notes for the show in this moment as i'm Pulling myself together. You're just not dedicated enough. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so then I pick my, my wrist up and uh, I realize that, hey, my watch is totally shattered. Uh, and then I you know, say, hey, yes, I'm okay. Please don't call 911 or my wife. Just going to end that now. And uh, so, yeah, so fall detection works and my watch is broken, but I have Apple Care Plus. Uh, Even though I don't wear this watch every day anymore, I do really like it for exercise tracking. And so I have an appointment later this week to get it uh, swapped out.
2: I have never met anybody that breaks as many Apple devices as you do. It is unbelievable the amount of stuff that you break. It's true. You, uh, I think every iPhone you have owned since I've
1: known you, you've had to have repaired.
0: I've I've broken several phones. This is also <laughs> my second watch I've broken.
1: <laughs> you, would you describe yourself as a clumsy person? No,
0: <laughs> I just happen to crash a bicycle every 18 months or so.
1: For somebody who like. Mm-hmm.
2: Worships computers so to the level that you do. That wow. you built a
1: shrine. That's the thing. It right? needs to break them to fully love them.
0: <laughs> if I don't, not see the insides of them, then it just doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I thought, I thought that was going a different direction. Like, as someone who's into computers, you're outside a lot. I was like, well, that's kind of, kind of harsh.
2: Well, that, well, that is also true. But like, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop, trying to make this better of being like, oh, I was exercising. You still, you still, you exercise too
0: hard. Is what happened. Yeah, and then now you have a, a hole in your watch. And my body, but um, <laughs> well, I did break. <laughs> I did break my original Apple Watch. Also working out. So, well, that I really wasn't working out. It was in the locker at the gym, and I dropped it out of the locker.
2: That is just y- your muscles just got so Whoa.
1: big that it just popped the watch right off. Right, that's,
0: right. Like, that's what you're saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. Why? Ha- why hasn't Tim Cook shared this story already? I don't no. know. Mm-hmm. Because I'm taking
0: a break from Twitter, so he hasn't seen it. I guess he'll he'll hear it on the podcast probably. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, that's all the the story really is. Um like I said, I'm pretty okay, a little banged up, but I'll survive. Wear a helmet. I would like our listeners to start a petition to, to please ask you
2: to stop just being so aggressive. Oh. I with mean, your there bike has to riding. be a
1: different type of workout you can do.
2: Yeah. You you yourself you're <laughs> always falling off that bike, man. Like just please stop. No,
1: I've
0: I've had two crashes in like four years. It's a pretty good <laughs> Well, it's more
1: than zero crashes that I've had because I work out at home. I think it's time that we need to
2: review our company life insurance.
0: Oh, it's really good. Don't worry.
2: Yeah, I want to review it. I just want to make sure it covers mountain bike accidents.
0: I wasn't on the mountain bike. I was on the road bike. Different things. All right, road bikes then. Yeah. It it was the first crash on this bike, and I'm sad. Damage to the bike. Did you break the bike? It's not broken. It's just scraped up, and uh, I bent a wheel a little bit. Okay, but it, it'll lift, <laughs> and the handlebars fell off, and the sea exploded. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I <laughs> had to take it back to my truck in pieces, but it's fine. <laughs> but it's
2: fine. I have all the pieces, so uh, they're not I, broken.
0: I did. Uh, I did make it back to my car, and uh, I'm sure I looked like something, like something really terrible happened Because like, I'm holding one arm against me because my wrist really hurt, and like I'm bleeding down my leg. It's like I'm fine. Just <laughs> carry on with your day. It's totally cool. Anyways, that's enough about me. Mike, you have. Mm-hmm a dilemma to face and you have come to the right place. You are looking to purchase a new television. And I think this is where if we could use our chat room power, we would summon John Syracuse, but he's probably at work. So Mm -hmm. what are you looking for? And what like, what are your list of needs? And maybe we can help you decide what you should get. All right. I haven't bought a TV since like 2010. So I'm definitely on top of this. Okie dokie. Eurovision's coming up. Uts, 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 uh,
2: uts. So, like how people buy new televisions for the Super Bowl, we're thinking, well, we're planning to host a little Eurovision party here at, uh, at uh, mega Cortex Cottage or whatever we call this place. Um, so, I want to get a new TV. We've had our current TV for like two or three years, and it's been very good for us. Um, we have like a Panasonic something uh and it has it like it was one of the good hdr tvs back when hdr was like starting to happen mm-hmm. but i wanted i want to get a bigger tv like we were a bit reserved and we could have a much bigger tv than we have and it would still be fine in the room i think like most people you're always concerned that the tv is going to be too big right so i figured there's a lot of interesting stuff happening with HomeKit right now in tvs uh, 4K and HDR is getting better on all these TVs. Plus, we have an event coming up, which is very television focused. So I want to get a new TV. And I don't know. I, mean, I remember having this conversation, If you, could, if everyone can cast their minds back to when this news started breaking around CES, that I said, at some point, I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to need a new TV and I'm not going to have any idea what one to get based on all the features that are available. And here I am. I'm at that point, right? Because initially I thought the Samsung TVs would be the best ones because they have the TV app built into them. But I still want to use the Apple TV. So that's not important, right? To necessarily to have the TV app. Especially now that we know that at some point, we know this now, like that the LG TVs and the the other companies that I don't remember. Can anybody help me? What are the three companies? It's LG... Vizio. Sony and Vizio, they're all getting the Apple TV app at some point. Yeah. So the the most important thing for me then is HomeKit support, right? Okay. As well as, obviously, if it's a television, I want it to be a good television, like good panel, 4K, HDR, and all that stuff. But we assume that parts a okay. given, right? Uh, um,
1: okay. Okay. Okay.
2: But what I want to have is the HomeKit support because that just feels like something that I should go for now. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that is like oh, there's probably some good stuff in there. I know that you've enjoyed it Federico with your like um homebridge setup. So yeah. what okay. I basically I'm looking for is what is the best TV panel which isn't incredibly expensive that has homekit support.
1: Okay. So um there's some questions that I need uh you that I need you to answer. Um mm-hmm. Well, mostly I think it, it's a matter of taste in terms of certain specifics. Like, would you like a TV that has a really good soundbar integrated with it? Or do you feel like the soundbar is not necessary? Ooh, um, I hadn't thought about a soundbar before. Also, do you want... Uh, so you th- you say you can live without the iTunes app because mm-hmm. you're going to use an Apple TV anyway, but you want HomeKit. Um, okay. Do you... and Here's where my personal taste comes in. I would strongly recommend that you get an OLED TV. Yeah. Not just, okay. Yeah, I want an OLED TV. Because I want to get, like, the
2: best panel that I can get as well, right? right? So, like, OLED is going to give me the best, like, HDR and stuff.
1: All right, so so I recommend you read through, uh, there's a Digital Foundry Article Mm -hmm. And for those unaware, Digital Foundry is like the uh, technical vertical, as they call it, like the section of Eurogamer, which is this excellent video game uh, website, um, where they do technical analysis of all kinds of video games and performance issues and that kind of stuff. And they have an article about the best uh, 4K TVs for gaming. So if you're going to use this for video games, uh, and I I think you are because you love video games and you have a PS4 Pro now... you want to get a, a TV that has very low input latency. That would be uh, you know, the, the time between when you press a button on a controller and when you see the action on screen. So you want to make sure that you get you know, around 20-22 millisecond input latency, that kind of stuff. Um, and of course, this article uh, has all the details here that you need to care about. Also, you want to check uh, how a panel deals with uh, 1080p content because not all content is going to be rating 4K. Um, of course, you have a PS4 Pro, so that's not an issue. But for example, with the Nintendo Switch, you're going to play in 1080p. So you want to you wanna see, is this C going to do some kind of filtering for 1080p? What kind of up- upscaling mode it's going to offer? Um, and there's, of course, you, ne- uh, you also need to check, for example, do you want to have, um, what's it called, HDR Plus? Or do you want to have Dolby Vision? I personally recommend Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. Which right. is the, see, the thing um, is, though,
2: some of these questions, I don't know. Well, that, that one you just asked me. Okay, know.
1: so I my personal advice would be get an LG TV, okay. uh, which is also happens to be the top recommendation from Eurogamer. The new version of the LG, uh, the C model. Uh, this one is called the C8. I think it should be the 2019 model, yep. which has HomeKit integration. It's gonna have HomeKit integration, uh, and it runs WebOS. This TV well, it doesn't has, have it yet. Uh i don't think it has it yet okay. but lg promised that this is one of the mm. models that's gonna get HomeKit via mm. software update I the 2019 lg that. i mean it's on apple's website so you know
0: um hey so is AirPower, <laughs> mister
1: hey oh there it is somebody ring the air power bell well, uh, even if they don't deliver on this, you're still gonna have Homebridge. But I understand you want to have the native integration. LG promised the 2019 models and beyond will have the native HomeKit support. Uh, this one has Dolby Vision, which is HDR, Dolby Atmos, which is a really good sound. But I don't think it's got a soundbar built in. But I it can doesn't. tell you,
2: Mike, it doesn't. It look, people, it's like recommending the Sonos on Amazon's website.
1: Okay. I have an LG OLED TV. I have the B line. I have the B7. Um, Your TV is amazing. It, so- it sounds really good. You've yeah. seen it. Uh, it's a it's a big panel. It looks fantastic. Um, it's super fine for gaming. I have an Xbox One X. I have a PS4 Pro and I have a Switch. I looked up to the to this TV and it's beautiful. Uh, WebOS, personally, I've seen other Sony and Android TVs. I prefer WebOS. It's actually fast. It works okay. And, um, you know, when you're actually watching, I don't know if you watch live television, but it's got all these integrations, like with smart TV stuff that you can use from the remote. It works really great. Um, There are other um, options. I think you could get another Panasonic OLED that's also recommended by digital Foundry but personally um, I don't know Vizio myself I've never seen or tested the Vizio TV I think Jason has a Vizio if I'm not mistaken I think he used to I don't think I think when he changed
2: recently he went to someone else oh the TLC he got a TLC yes. maybe yes yeah
1: yeah okay so my recommendation would be check out this article and maybe watch some YouTube videos I remember at the time I watched a lot of YouTube reviews before buying the TV that I have, uh, but the LG OLED the C8 with upcoming HomeKit support would be a good choice for you, I think. Uh, or you could always wait for one of these uh, 16K panels that Sony announced. Yeah, <laughs> that, I'm good. Like, takes up an entire wall. <laughs> I'm but... <laughs> good, I'm good.
2: That might be too much. So like on Apple's website, it just says LG OLED 2019. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're assuming
1: that this is one of those. Yeah, I think the C, I don't think the C9 exists, so I'm just going to say that the, well, just need to double check that the C8 is actually the 2019 version. Uh, I'm not sure at this point. You're making me mm. second guess myself. So mm. get, so my recommendation would be get the 2019 LG OLED whenever it comes out, if it's not out already. Okay. I mean, I'm looking
2: at the page and it looks good. It's not cheap, but it looks good. Um so this is probably what I'll do then. Really, like I don't want to do a lot of research. What I want to happen is what just happened. <laughs> you have told me what to do. Mm-hmm. So the
1: C nine, the C nine exists, by the way. The next version. So I'm guessing um, that this is the the 2019. I want version. the C nine then, not the C eight. Let's see. Let's see what it says. I'm on the web page right now. Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, 4K. Yeah. Uh, Google, oh, it's got it's got uh, Amazon integration, Google integration. Uh, it's got a bunch more stuff than my model. Um, so this is the
2: one that I want then, the C9. Uh,
1: yeah, I think this is the one from 2019. I will uh, double check real quick for you, but yeah, I will go with this one.
2: Well, you've got to assume that the C9 is, is more modern than the C8. But then again, TV I think- numbering is an just an impossible thing mm-hmm. to, <laughs> yeah.
1: To get uh, your 9to5Mac, Ma- they have an article uh, mentioning. This was from March 15th, so about a month ago. Uh, LG releasing first 2019 OLED TVs with HomeKit and AirPlay 2, which is also another thing you should care about. Uh, that's, yeah,
2: that's kind of what I meant with the HomeKit. It's also the AirPlay next 2. Next
1: month, and the C9 models... Uh, Yep, 77, 77 inches, 65 and 55. Yep, This mm-hmm. is the one that I want then. So yep. this is terrible
2: news then, isn't it? Because I can only imagine that a brand new OLED TV is that has
0: just been released is very expensive. Yep. Be sure to buy it with yep. my Amazon affiliate link, please. <laughs> Straight well, up, that's the one in the show notes. <laughs>
2: I don't think it's on Amazon.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm looking at it right here. No, but like in the U. Uh, we're not in the same country. Well, you could, uh, (laughs) I I, I could ship it to you.
1: Um, if it's of any consolation, Mike, that's exactly what I paid for my B7 when it was new. So, okay, yeah,
2: yeah, this one isn't even on Amazon in the UK yet.
1: Okay, Hmm. yeah, I didn't buy on Amazon either, I bought it from a store.
2: Oh my god, that's
1: expensive! (laughs) Woof. Well, okay. you asked for all the good things. No, I and- know, I know, I know.
2: If I want to get all of the current new technology, then yeah. that's what I'm going to have to deal with, I know.
1: But it's still really expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, think about it. Think about it and and, you know, we'll follow up on your decision.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look around. I don't know when I'm gonna buy it, but like, break if I'm gonna buy it very
1: gently to Adina. (laughs) She wants.
2: She's interested in a new TV too. I don't Mm. know if she's necessarily gonna be as interested when I tell her what the price is. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, wow, these are expensive.
0: Yeah, it looks awesome though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I haven't, like I said, I haven't shot for TV in a long time. But if I were to have to go buy something today, I would buy an LG OLED just hands down it seems like it's the best way to go okay uh there was a story just this morning actually from our friend mr rambo at nine to five mac backing up some stuff that steve trout smith had talked about i think on twitter that the next version of mac os you know so 10.15 would include standalone apps for music podcasts and tv uh, as well as a redesign for the Books app, which until I read this paragraph, totally forgot was on my computer. Just like <laughs> I just never read in the Apple Store stuff. But uh seems like these are all going to be using fancy marzipan stuff, which I think is to be expected. And he's got the icons here, which look very nice. And uh, I'm just curious what you all think about this. I mean, we've all sort of poked fun of iTunes for a really long time for really good reasons. And do we think that breaking this out will make sense on the Mac?
1: I cannot wait for this to happen, honestly. Like, to have a more um, similar experience on the Mac that I get on, on iOS, to have dedicated apps for podcasts and TV and music. Like, whenever, um, you know, some, every once in a while I test the Apple Podcasts app, and eventually I go back to Overcast because, you know, of the sound effects and smart speed. Um but whenever I'm testing podcasts and I start listening on my iPhone and then I'm using my Mac mini and I realize oh I, I want to continue listening to this and then I realize well I gotta open iTunes. I'm like, nope I don't just I don't want to open iTunes and wait for my episodes to sync So um, I cannot wait for this to happen. I'm curious to see what Apple is gonna do in terms of um, iTunes and specifically in terms of managing your music library because I do wonder if, those who keep a collection of music files, um, is that feature going to remain separate from the music app? So is Apple going to do just an Apple Music client as a separate Marzipan app, or are they going to roll that feature into music? I don't think so.
2: I don't, I don't think,
1: think so. they will. I think they will keep iTunes around for this kind of stuff. But, you know, one can dream that, uh, you know, eventually you will be able both on the Mac and iOS to actually import MP3s and that kind of stuff into your music library. But I have a feeling they'll just keep iTunes around. And uh, that's about it.
2: I think that's what's going to be the case. I, the It doesn't match with the business model, mm-hmm. right? You know. Like They want you to just use Apple Music because, in theory, all the music you want should be there. If it isn't, you are now an edge case and you can use iTunes.
0: And I think, too, looking at it from like the engineering side of it, I think that just getting these apps up on the Mac is a big enough deal for one year. So I would imagine the launch versions of these will be more or less what is on the iPad now right, that whatever the uh, the music app on the iPad does now, either good or bad, will be basically what's on the Mac. And I mm-hmm. think after this, so maybe looking for two or three years, they could come back. And if they're going to add, quote unquote, legacy features to these apps, it would, be, it would be then. Because iTunes will still be around. And if you still need those features, you could just, you know, dumpster dive the utilities folder and find it if you need it. But I would imagine for most people just having, you know, the the Apple Music stuff there. And I assume iTunes Match, that your matched music would be there too. Again, because that's how it is on the iPad, that this mm-hmm. is how this is going to begin.
2: Yeah, because that, that stuff all lives in the cloud now, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. all up there. It's there, yep. right? Like, you don't need iTunes to listen to iCloud Music Library right. files. They're there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I agree, Federico, like, if you are someone who imports MP3s to your iTunes library, which, which I do sometimes, I'll download concerts and put them in in iTunes. That is, my guess, would be that this app doesn't do that, and that if that becomes an important feature, that would be added over time. But, you know, I'm trying to keep my expectations low for these apps going in as far as features. I do expect them, however, to work better than the Marzipan apps we see now, because, They are just garbage in a lot of places. I hope they're better than that, but to think that this is going to be like a a modern take on iTunes may be a bit of a stretch for day one. You would be
2: fooling yourself to think that it would be anything more because then it's not a Marzipan app, is it? Then it's a new app, which they haven't done yet, right? (laughs) Then they're not going to do it. Like This isn't a criticism. I think the music app on the iPad is by and large mostly fine right like for for what you're going to need to do and we've spoken about some changes that Apple could make um to the to the app to the services in the past but i think it's mostly fine it well i tell you what it is it's better than using music in itunes i can tell you that
1: <laughs> yeah like if you like all those people who think it's they say garbage would you rather have garbage or just be sad.
2: Garbage on fire, which is like like it's ba- really really bad in iTunes. It's terrible. Um, like just searching, searching for music in the iTunes app is abysmal. It's like such a bad experience. Um, so yeah, it's going to be the the iPad version. But there is a benefit to that, right? Like and and I think that this is like one of the intrinsic benefits of marzipan. What it should do, if mar- if the marzipan scheme works well, is it will move these apps forward for everyone, right? Like, if Apple consider these iPad apps to be the way that they want Mac apps to be, it's going to make these apps better for iPads and Macs. Like, that's the goal. So, I think this is a, I think this is only a good thing, um, and and I'm excited. I'm excited about it.
0: Well, I think it's good as long as the one feature you need makes it makes it in. Uh, right, or at least they don't make it impossible,
2: right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you can't load your own music files into the music app as long as iTunes remains on your Mac somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like GarageBand 6 never went away. Yeah, or QuickTime 7 is just going away this year. You know, it's... Yeah. it's uh, which John and Jason talked about on Upgrade this week, but... Mm-hmm. Th- That's always the friction here, right? Like, is this more like a Final Cut situation where the new version is so hampered and things people really needed weren't there and everyone freaked out? Or is the delta between iTunes and this so great that people are willing to go back to iTunes only when they they need to? My guess is it's the latter.
2: I think the good thing is that you already know, though. Right? Like, if you use music on iOS and are unhappy with it because of a feature that's missing, that feature's probably going to still be missing or if you use music on ios and you're never like gosh darn it i can't do this which i can do on itunes if you never have that feeling then you're going to be fine because they're going to be the same so it's a little bit different to the final cut thing where the final cut thing kind of kind of came out of nowhere and sideswiped everybody Mm -hmm. and it's also different because people made their living with final cut right uh, yeah absolutely you know and that, that made it made it different but but like we already know what music looks like
0: and iTunes is so bad <laughs> that people are gonna be willing to forgive a lot of this, I think, if this app works and looks good on the Mac.
2: Yeah.
1: iTunes is yeah. just
2: old at this point, you know. Yeah. Like, but
1: that's the problem with it. I guess the only the only point that I should make is that there's still a bunch of things that you can do in iTunes f- with Apple Music, not necessarily with your own music files. Like for example, you can add stuff to smart playlists or mm-hmm. you know, you can inspect um, more information uh, about songs, you know, that kind of stuff that you can do in iTunes for Apple Music that you cannot do in Music on iOS. So, it would be nice to have a list feature parity for the Apple Music experience as it is right now. In the future, music app for Mac. Uh, but as you mentioned, I think, you know, I'll be fine if, if even, uh, even if they just remove a couple of features. Um, and maybe eventually they bring those back.
2: Yeah, I think stuff like that is probably going to go away. Because they, they feel like, you know, again, like niche, niche, niche features. And they're only features really that exist because iTunes had them. You know, so like it's just, it's probably easier to have Apple Music songs respect those features than it is to remove them. They haven't added them in music. Like smart playlists are cool, but you know what people think is cooler now? You know, like just in general, curated playlists. Uh, Playlists made by artificial intelligence. Like that's what people want to give you now, whether you want smart playlists or not. And the get info thing is like, that is like a Federico Fitchy special. You know what I mean? Like that's something that you really love, and I get that. But like that is I just don't think that's a thing that people are like, oh, who produced this track? Let me let me go to get info on my Mac and find out. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't care personally because I keep no. my library in Plex, but yeah. Ew. I get it. Yeah.
0: Weird plex, but okay.
2: Oh my god, I love you. That's oh, so good.
0: Wow. wow. The the books bit of this is interesting too again this has been on the mac now since mavericks i think but it looks like a, a reworked version of books again I, my my assumption is marzipan here even though the article is a little
1: man remember mavericks yeah <laughs> what the was wave? that all about <laughs> that was weird <laughs> what was that up
0: it was the last version of the old ui it was-
1: what what was new in Mavericks? Maps, maybe?
0: Yes, all those Ma- apps. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. 512 pixels, Mavericks review.
1: Mavericks. Oh, was it the one? No, that was not it. With the new UI for opening and saving files with iCloud? With no, iCloud? that was Lion, I no, think. That was, yeah. Is or it Man called Lion, maybe.
2: Books on Mojave or is it iBooks? Because I'm running High it's Sierra still. Books. It's called, okay.
1: You're uh, still running High Sierra? Yeah. Yeah, well, even
2: though? though I'm getting these like undismissible, uh notifications now about upgrading to more, Mo- you should Harvey. just
0: upgrade. It's f- totally fine.
2: Yeah, I will. I just haven't. Like, I'm at this point. It's just I'm on I'm on High Sierra for inertia, like rather than fear, because I have Mojave on my Mac Mini.
0: So, so uh, Mavericks brought iBooks and maps and some updates to other things. I'm just, anyways, not nothing. Wild it did get rid of the uh the leather and calendar, so that was good it's good good change back to the topic at hand uh books this new version of books will have support for audiobooks and have uh, basically like a separate book and audiobook store, which I think is makes sense and uh yeah, kind of bringing it up to up to speed uh, like I said earlier, I just don't ever use apple books for anything i mean i've got it and i probably have a few things in there but i've been on the kindle for a really long time i just wonder how many people are reading books on their mac this is important or maybe audiobooks is i feel like it's
2: like a reference thing like when you're working right that you like you've maybe read it on your ipad and then you have your notes and then you're sitting down at your mac and you've got your notes up right as opposed to like it i also find it like an interesting thought of somebody sitting on their macbook and reading a whole novel like that just mm-hmm. seems less than ideal for me unless it's your only device that you have right that has the bigger screen so you want to use that but i don't imagine that it is an incredibly high use case but like would be good for um like would be good for for reference stuff the adding of audiobooks is even funnier to me because i really can't imagine somebody listening to an audiobook sitting at a mac
0: <laughs> You're just sitting at your laptop listening
2: yeah that one seems even harder to me than than like ebooks but
1: to each their own you know yeah, it's probably the same people who play games on a mac so <laughs> those people don't exist though. just well, some of them
0: <laughs> this episode of connected is brought to you by our friends at squarespace make your next move with squarespace it lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name award-winning templates and more so maybe you want to create an online store or have a portfolio to show off your work. Or maybe you want to be like Federico and start a blog. Maybe you want to do all three of those things. Really ambitious. Squarespace is the one platform that lets you do all of that stuff. And there's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. No upgrades needed. You don't have to get a hat that says server admin on it. You just don't have to worry about that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And their system allows you to quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And you can use it with one of those award-winning templates that are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I've got a friend who started a business a while back. I helped him get set up on a Squarespace site probably a month or so ago now. And I saw him just the last weekend, asked him how it was going, and he had gone in and changed a bunch of the colors and some of the layout stuff. And that was without me. I helped him get the ball rolling, and now he is taking and running with it because Squarespace tools are really easy for everybody to use. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash connected. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for this show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase. I'd like to thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website.
2: All right, so there is a uh, kickstart the campaign, which is of, it is of interest to us and people uh, that use iPads a lot. It is something called the Touch Type Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a kind of folio case that enables you to easily use a Apple Magic keyboard uh, via a Bluetooth connection um, with the iPad Pro. And this Kickstarter campaign launched yesterday, I think. Yeah. Uh, but our friend, Mr. Federico Vatici, has a prototype model of this device so we're going to talk about it
1: yeah i think it's a production early production unit it looks finished there's a logo and everything so yeah uh, so
2: the the kickstarter is um run by a guy called Salman sajid who made a product years ago called the touch yeah. type uh, back in 2012 which was again a pretty much a very similar thing right like to be able to use uh, a magic keyboard i think it was a magic keyboard with an ipad um, but now it's like more of even more of a thing than it was before, right? Because keyboard cases are a much more uh, well-known thing, and I've been doing a little bit of digging into the Kickstarter campaign. Um, so I was wondering the the timeline on this campaign is pretty aggressive, like with delivery in August. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was that was interesting, but I took a look through the Q and A. Um, and the kind of risks and challenges section. And it seems like uh, that they have already paid for the production uh, molds and stuff like that, mm. or at least has, have gone through making like prototypes. Uh, as well as working with manufacturers. So that would suggest to me that they may be pretty far down the line. However, I will say, this is a Kickstarter campaign, and then I will just say that I think August seems pretty aggressive. Yeah. Um. So you've got to always know, it doesn't matter like if Federico has an incredible prototype that's perfectly made, mm-hmm. there could be a problem that makes this stuff delayed. I'm not saying yes. that there will be, but like Kickstarter it's, is Kickstarter, and sometimes this stuff is possible. very difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that said um, so go check out the campaign there's a video there's a bunch of animated GIFs that you can see to get an idea it's very well Uh, put together
2: Kickstarter campaign page
1: yeah and so I've been using this thing for for two weeks I think at this point I've used it mostly at home for reasons that I will mention shortly I've also tested it in my car because I spend a bunch of time every week waiting in the car and I need to be able to use the iPad there Um, so the this is kind of peculiar for an an iPad accessory. So the way that this works is there's a folio case, as you mentioned. So you put the iPad into this plastic case. That's kind of like what Logitech is doing, uh, in that you put the iPad into this plastic shell. It's actually not a terrible experience because there's a the top side has a long opening to make sure that you can charge the pencil. So that makes it easier to put it into the case and get it out of the case. Um, and also,
2: well, and also to put it in and leave it there, like not be bothered that it's left there because you can still charge the pencil and stuff like that, right? Like you're more willing to want to keep it.
1: Yeah. So exactly. So the entire, basically, the entire top side when using landscape is free. So you can charge the pencil, and it's gonna be fine. Um, But attached to the case is this uh, folding cover that uh, when it's closed, it wraps around the iPad. And also there's this um, final part of the cover that is actually like this folding, (laughs) kind of like a folding flap that uh, actually also covers the pencil. So when everything is closed, it covers the pencil too, keeps the pencil in place, and make, it ensures that when you put everything in your bag, for example, you will not find the pencil at the bottom of your bag. So it will secure and protect the pencil, and it actually works. Uh, but this cover, as we've seen with other uh, iPad folio covers before, also acts as a kickstand of sorts, in that when you place it on a desk... Um, the cover as a, as a, uh, it basically folds and creates like a stand in the back of the iPad. Now, the Magic Keyboard, the way that it plays into all of this, is kind of ingenious in that there's a separate case for the Magic Keyboard. So you put the Magic Keyboard, the second generation model, not the old one, into the case. The case has this flexible atta- magnetic attachment That reminds me a little of the old Razer keyboard for the first-generation iPad Pro. It's got this flexible attachment that uses magnets to attach to the bottom of the iPad case. So the Magic Keyboard is attached magnetically to the front of the iPad. Um, The cover, the main cover, um, you lay it down flat on your desk, you put the Magic Keyboard on top, and both inside the cover and into the Magic Keyboard case, there's magnets. And they create this kind of like a train track system where like, you can slide the Magic Keyboard onto this cover to adjust the viewing angle of the iPad. So the cover combined with the Magic Keyboard, they make the iPad stand upright. And thanks to magnets, you can adjust the angle. So you can And make also, it... I guess, one of
2: the benefits of this one, as opposed to the Razer Keyboard... Is that the case extends so that even the Magic Keyboard, when it's connected to the iPad, is supported by the case underneath, right? So it's probably easier to lo- use on your lap because the Razer Keyboard, it just wanted to fall apart all the time.
1: Yeah, because the kickstand was an actual kickstand yeah. made metal, metal in the back. Yep. Um, so there was
2: nothing supporting the connection between yeah. the keyboard and the iPad case.
1: Yeah. And really, it's one of those things you just gotta take a look at the picture and the video to get an idea. Because when you uh, when you describe it in words, it's just a bunch of words. It's, it's really easy to understand once you see it. Um, and w- w- I guess there's also this w- What also makes it unique is that if you don't want to use the magic keyboard, of course, you can detach it because the. There's a, you know, it it attaches via magnets. Of course, it does not use a smart connector. This is all Bluetooth. The magic keyboard is a Bluetooth keyboard. So uh, you can detach it and use it. You know, for example, you can keep the iPad on your table and use the magic keyboard on your lap if you wish to do so. But also what you can do if you're done working, for example, and you want to put everything away, you can fold the magic keyboard behind the iPad uh, so between the iPad and the case, you can hide the Magic Keyboard uh, beneath the iPad, then close the cover, and you end up with this integrated, like, unique package that looks like a sandwich. It's like iPad, keyboard, cover, everything together. Um, it's, uh, of course, it adds a bunch of weight and, you know, bulk to the iPad. It's a, it's a little iPad. bulky, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bulky and heavy, but if, if that is no concern for you, uh, it actually works as advertised. You know, you're going to keep the iPad, the Magic Keyboard and the Pencil and this case all close together. You can throw it in a bag and forget about it. Now, I believe that this accessory is mostly a desk accessory. I I don't think... Well, this is not as portable as the Smart Keyboard Folio. For... First of all, because it's much heavier, um, there's a you know there's a I saved this comparison so the ipad the twelve point nine inch iPad with the smart keyboard folio is two point three pounds the iPad pro with the bridge with the upcoming bridge keyboard's gonna be two point nine six pounds. The touch type is three point four pounds so how well there's a there's two plastic cases uh both of them have magnets inside, and there's this long cover. That you know folds to to uh, you know to act as the surface for the magic keyboard, and that also becomes a folio for the iPad when everything is closed. I would have just assumed a big chunk of aluminium,
2: <laughs> right? Well, that is the bridge keyboard would be more would be heavier. It's just a surprise to me to see those because that's like significant. Well, it's hold like on. Half a pound that heavier. also
1: that also includes the magic keyboard though. Well, sure, but the bridge has the keyboard in it too. Yeah, like yeah. a well, keyboard. Yeah. Well. It's a, it's a bunch of plastic and it adds weight mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the entire package. Um, there's some caveats that I should mention. I think it's a bit... I think the the sliding system to adjust the viewing angle. So you got to hold the magic keyboard and slide it on top of the cover. So basically the cover becomes this surface. Um, it's a bit awkward in that you got to... Pay attention to what you do. So what I do is I grab the keyboard with both hands and slide it. But I gotta, you know, it's it's quite easy to detach the Magic Keyboard from the iPad case, um, so that can be a bit awkward.
2: That just feels like like with a lot of this stuff. This is just one of those things that you just get used to and get better at over time.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. you you get used to it. Um, what else? Well, of course, the Magic Keyboard. Um, you know, we talked about it before. It's got media keys, so that's convenient, but it doesn't have all the media keys and shortcuts that you get, for example, from the Logitech, like home button or search, you know, that kind of stuff. It does not have that. It's only got, you know, controlling playback, for example. Uh, It's not backlit, and it's Bluetooth. So if those are uh, important reasons for you to get a different keyboard, you should consider the slim folio that uh, we talked about last week from Logitech. Um, But what I do like is that, I'm a fan of the Magic Keyboard myself. And if you're looking to integrate the Magic Keyboard with the iPad Pro, I think this is... And if you're willing to accept that this is mostly going to be a desk device because of the weight concerns and because it, it becomes a really bulky package, you know, when you, take it, when you close it all together. I'll try and have a picture in yeah. the show notes. It, it looks... It's thick. Let and, me ask you, know, you, though, like, how comfortable and easy is it to use on your lap? I think it's... F- mm-hmm. I think it's better on... Compared th- to the smart folio. Well, I think the smart folio is better on your lap because it's, okay. there's fewer movi- moving parts. Right. For a desk, I think it's it's so much better because you're getting a better keyboard and because it, it you know everything's a bit more stable on a desk. I think it's fine on your lap. I don't think it's terrible. I still think the smart keyboard folio is better because it's, okay. there's fewer moving parts. Um I've been using it mostly at my desk uh, or at the kitchen table, and I like it because i you know I can type faster on the magic keyboard than the keyboard folio i've um i think well, I've told right, you so gonna... let me
2: ask you about that with the desk then so I use a stand and a magic keyboard is that not better than a case and a magic keyboard
1: so but with the stand you mean like something that um I increases the, the height the, of the I okay. use the Clear
2: Look stand, right? Which is okay. one of the many stands that I found. And this was the one that I liked the most. And with that, I have height adjustment as well as angle adjustment. Okay. And I can then use the Magic Keyboard.
1: Okay. So with this thing, you're still going to have to look down. Yeah. Uh, because it's, you know, uh, it doesn't adjust the height of the iPad Pro. I guess I should mention that because of the opening, of the case on the longer side Um, you can remove the iPad from the case and put it in portrait mode (laughs) if you uh, there's a photo of this I think or maybe it's shown in the video Um, it makes me very nervous it's going to topple topple over yeah yeah it's uh, it's this is not a replacement for that kind of setup so if you need height adjustment to prevent things like neck strain for example I think you should stay with your setup mic um, because if you look down you know, for several hours you're going to feel that and um, I also you know, the difference when you use a stand you need to reach for the screen uh, with this thing I feel like it's a bit more comfortable because you can keep your elbows on a table and just touch the iPad I think it's a bit easier maybe than just using a vertical stand I don't know so with this thing you're going to have to look down uh because it doesn't adjust the height of the iPad Pro so for your personal use case i would suggest not to get this thing yeah this this product is not
2: for me at at all um just like in talking to you it's like it's too heavy for me to want to carry around with me and it looks like super bulky like because it's got the magic keyboard which is a thick thing and then at home it's not gonna provide me with what I want anyway because I don't. I'm at you know I'm trying to reduce the amount of time that I'm sitting at a desk and looking down. I want to have okay. to be able to look in front of me. Um, I, I just find that more comfortable, uh, and I find that like using the Apple Pencil, like I can mostly keep my arms on the table anyway. I just reach up and just tap something. Okay. Um, yeah, this. I can see the appeal of this product for some people, but I, I don't think that this one's for me. I, it also is part of like, I don't love the, the magic keyboard. I don't like okay. love the magic keyboard. Like it's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: It's no, I okay. I do like it. It is interesting. This case is the newest in a long line of products that try to marry the iPad and like Apple's Bluetooth keyboard. There was the incase origami workstation back forever ago. Amazon told, tells me I purchased it in 2012 that, you know, was <laughs> the keyboard snapped into it and the original iPad went into it. Studio Neat did the canopy, which, like, kind of doesn't work with modern iPads really well with the thin mm. bezels. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish it did. But, like, you kind of have to, like, set something in there so the bottom isn't below the keyboard. And, like, I, I wish there were some... How does this thing do with that?
1: Oh, it's totally fine. Okay. Uh, because the case uh, is... Um... Uh, is thicker there's, at the bottom so that There's a so separation it elevates. as well between the yeah, two, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a separation. Also, the plastic case at the, uh, on the bottom edge is thicker and wider so that it uh, sort of extends the iPad uh, a bit more vertically so that the home indicator does not interfere with the magic keyboard. But also, there's a distance between them because there's mm-hmm. the attachment. So it's totally fine. Um, okay. I, I like it myself uh, despite the... You know, it's nice that because I travel just once a week now, not twice a week. Um, mo- I mostly work with the iPad Pro when I'm at home these days. And so it's nice that I can just open this, get work done for five, six hours, um, close everything and charge via USB-C. And I never have to take out the individual parts. When I travel, I use the Smart Keyboard Folio. Or if I want to type on my lap, I use the Smart Keyboard Folio, which, I, as I confessed, I think last week I've been using more. So um, my recommendation would be, if you love the Magic Keyboard and if you use your iPad Pro at a desk, and if you like this idea of integrating the two uh, in a single package, I think you should consider this one. Um, there's other ways that you can use the Magic Keyboard with, with an iPad Pro. I, don't, I think none of them are as, you know, putting together all both parts, the iPad Pro and the Magic Keyboard. Uh, they do that as well as this one does. Um, there's a, as I mentioned, it's a, it can be a bit awkward to adjust the viewing angle, and you're not gonna, you know, you're still gonna be stuck with Bluetooth, so you don't get the, you know, the simplicity of the smart keyboard folio. But, if you work at a desk, I think it's it I think it's a very clever idea, and I think it's very well done um uh, yeah, so go check out the Kickstarter campaign and make sure to take a look at the video and the pictures to get a better idea whether this is for you or not um mm-hmm.
2: I think it is a very good idea with a lot of really interesting details, yeah. Like the magnetic stuff in the case is really good because you get almost you know infinite degrees of you can find what works just right for you, but like this just isn't for my personal ergonomic needs. But that doesn't mean that it's not for yours, right? Like if you're sitting and using the Smart Folio all day, every day, sitting at a desk, maybe this is a better option um, than that one. But if you're like me, as somebody who's trying to use the Smart Folio less when I'm working, Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't going to give me what I want.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is not for you, but I bet there's a bunch of people out there who like the Magic Keyboard or maybe just own the Magic Keyboard, don't want to mm-hmm. buy another keyboard. And, you know, they could consider this case uh, to sort of integrate the two of them together in a better way than, you yeah. know, other solutions right now. So if you're that type of person, I say go check out the campaign, watch the video, and then, you know, maybe uh, consider the... inch version or the 11 inch version and I think I saw on Reddit that if you order the 11 inch version and then later change your mind you can still swap it for a 10.5 inch version for the old iPad Pro There's a, I think there's an FAQ about this somewhere so Hmm. um, yeah, go check out the campaign watch the video, make sure that you also watch the GIFs because they really do give you an idea of how this works
0: This episode of Connected is also brought to you by Warby Parker, quality eyewear at a fraction of the usual price. Warby Parker was founded by four friends, and it allows you to easily buy glasses online, which the sound of it seems a little difficult and tricky, but Warby Parker has made it so easy with their free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses, and you get to try them on for five days with no obligation to buy Shipping is free, and it even includes a prepaid return shipping label. Head on over to warbyparker.com slash connected to order your free home try-ons today. Warby Parker glasses start at just $95. That includes prescription lenses with anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. Plus, blue light filtering lenses are also now available, so you don't have to worry about blue light from your screens disturbing your sleep. Now, Mike, I know you have some fancy new glasses. How was that process? Oh, it's super simple.
2: I mean, like the home try-on stuff is is like just really easy because you, you can have glasses sent to your home and you can try them on and actually look in your own mirror of your own clothes, try them with different styles, make sure it fits. Uh, but ordering from Warby Parker was super simple. Like all I had to do was um, upload a, an image of my prescription, my eye prescription when I ordered the glasses, And that was it. Like they had someone check it, made sure it's okay. And then they sent me the glasses. And I really love my new glasses. It was exactly the style that I was looking for, Um, like round uh, metal frame, like thin metal frame. I've been searching for ages for a pair and I was super happy that Warby Parker had exactly what I want. And now I feel super fresh, funky and cool with my new glasses.
0: Listeners of this show can head to warbyparker.com slash connected and order a free home trial kit today. You can also check out the Warbury Parker app. They've built an awesome home try on companion. And if you have the iPhone 10 or a phone with face ID, you can use the brand new find your fit feature. So it uses the iPhone's true depth camera to map and measure key facial features. And it recommends like a dozen or so frames that are likely for, to be the best fit for your face. It's like an AR experience that is actually pretty cool. You can see the glasses on and turn your head and it tracks. It's, it's really pretty fun. It's time to upgrade your glasses experience. Go to slash connected and order your free home try ons today. Thank you so much to Warby Parker for their support of this show and Relay FM.
2: All right, so we are going to talk up now about an article that Federico published today about using the Lunar Display. Now, Lunar Display are a previous sponsor and a future sponsor mm-hmm. of this show. They do not know that we're talking about this today, nor have they paid us to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we speak about today is outside of any previous arrangement we have with them. Understandably, if you want to take this conversation with a grain of salt, that's fine. But this discussion is as unbiased as we can make them. But everyone has biases. Bias is a thing. You have to accept that bias exists. Mm -hmm. But So like, I just want to say all of that. We're going to talk about what it's like to use this thing. It's probably going to sound like some of the stuff we've been talking about when we've done ads. Because in the ads, we talk about how we use it. Um, But this is (laughs) not sponsored content. Uh, there's nothing more I can say than that, but we're just going to talk about this article.
1: This, uh, Luna has also sponsored my website and my podcasts, but as I said, uh, as I've read in the article, this is entirely based on my opinion uh, of the Luna display that I bought myself. I didn't tell them, they have no idea I was working on this article, so you can trust us or not, but you know, personally I can say that this is entirely based on what I've been doing uh, myself for the thing that I bought and that I paid for, so... That's it for the disclaimer. Thank you, Mike. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you guys want to know about the article that I published? Um, Well, I I think there's a few
2: things which is interesting to me. Um, We are using this device in some similar ways, but slightly differently. So, like, I use mine with my Mac completely headless. There's no monitor attached to my Mac. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And I can maybe talk about some of the ways that I deal with the problems that you've had. Um, well, like the things that you've seen, which haven't worked very well for you, like for example, one of them, like so, like today when I, for some reason, the Luna display wouldn't connect. Like the Mac had restarted. I don't know why it did that. Um, but I use screens then to log into the Mac to log in, so I don't need to connect to a monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just because the Mac Mini, your Mac Mini, serves a purpose as an as an actual machine that you are using to like record podcasts on, when mine doesn't. It's like home server and like media stuff. And we're trying to do more and more with it. So there's a difference there, but I just don't need it attached to a monitor. So that works pretty well for me. Um, but I've, you know, I think one of the key parts of this is like the thing that I love so much too, is the idea of having Mac OS as an app, an iOS app basically, mm-hmm. and the flexibility that that gives you like, cause there are things that are easier and can be done way faster uh, that on a mac on on ios i don't think i've ever said anything to the contrary um so it's really good to have something like that and i feel like that's kind of where you are so i was just wondering like what what are you doing with the mac that you weren't doing of ios or that you've kind of moved uh with using the lunar display like why mm. do you need this basically
1: okay it's a good question um I feel like there's not necessarily things that I can that I cannot do on iOS if I wanted to. Um, there's uh, things that I, now that I have a Mac that is faster than the one that I used to have, um, and it's easier to use in that it's always on, I just need to sit down and press a key on the keyboard to wake it I think it's just easier for me to do those things on 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 the Mac Mini when I'm home there's also things that I was not doing before like running uh, a Plex library or running a Homebridge server that I was not doing before because I didn't have a Mac Mini server I had a MacBook Pro so now that I have those I want to be able to manage them Um, But to give you some actual examples, besides, you know, Plex and Backblaze and, you know, um, iTunes, uh, which I use a lot in terms of iTunes is the only app that can be controlled with automation. If you want to have scripts to deal with connecting to AirPlay speakers, for example, there's no automation uh, support for AirPlay on iOS, for the iOS Music app. But with iTunes, you can create scripts that allow you to play specific playlists in specific modes on specific speakers. And uh, i wrote about these shortcuts before. Um, so that's something that I do. But also, things that I could do on iOS, but that I prefer to do on the Mac whenever possible, uh, downloading files from Safari. I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think, I had to download a, a few gigabytes of different zip files. From iCab. the website. Yeah. And, you know, I could have used iCab. It's just easier <laughs> it's so- to use Safari on the Mac to just, you know, because it's got a download manager. You just click the links and you download a bunch of files and you can see the progress. And that's it. Or for whatever reason, uh, you gave me this tip, Michael, a few, uh, I think a few months ago. Um, if you try and copy rich text from Evernote on iOS, and paste that text in Google Docs on iOS, it'll lose all of your formatting. If you copy rich text (laughs) from Evernote on the Mac and paste it Mm -hmm. in Safari, Google Docs, on the Mac, it keeps the exact same formatting that, you know, rich text, all your lists, all your uh, indentation, everything is fine. Because rich text just does not work on iOS. <laughs> Although,
2: as we know, it's worse if you try and have Zapier do that pasting for you, right?
1: It is worse because <laughs> I. Ch- I, I, I
2: <laughs> Federico set up an automation, as he <laughs> sometimes will do recently, where he would be able to send something from Evernote to Google Docs via a Zapier uh, action of some description. Zapier is like the, the IFTTT on steroids, basically. Mm-hmm. For reasons unknown to everybody, When this would happen, it would paste in the formatted text correctly from Evernote, but remove the formatting of everything else in the document. Yes. And this is one of those funny things where I say to Federico, I think your script has broken everything. And he's like, there's no way it could do that. And I was like... I understand, but let's look at this together. And then he's like, oh. (laughs) And and I
1: I don't know if you ever found out why that happened, but like there was a link. I told Zapier, I told them. And their response was, you know, that was, I mean, I love Zapier, but that was kind of annoying. Like I'm a paying customer. And if you know how much Zapier costs, you know, it's not cheap. (laughs) And the response was to the extent of, yeah, we're aware of this. Can you go through this form and send us a bunch of details about all that you did? It's like, you know, I understand what these processes are like, but can't you just look in my account and do it for me? Because I I really don't have the time to sit down and file a radar, essentially, for Zapier. Like, uh, anyway, uh, I love Zapier. It's just, you know, maybe they'll figure it out without my help because, you know. I forget about these things. Anyway, uh, so they know, uh, but I don't know what the problem is, but they do, apparently. Um, So anyway, uh, the article that I published is this idea of using the Luna display on my iPad Pro to access the Mac Mini and therefore macOS when I need it, but trying to find ways to optimize this experience and sort of making it easier and faster and a bit more flexible, maybe, to use macOS on the iPad through the Luna display. So little scripts, little you know shortcuts, little enhancements that I come up to make it better than the default experience. I think that would be, yeah.
2: One of the things that I found really fascinating
1: was the accessibility keyboard, mm. which yeah. I didn't even know existed. Yeah, so uh, I think this was something that I discovered last year. And, you know, I always put off and those things that you're like, yeah, one day I'm going to experiment with this. So the idea is that there's a whole suite of of, uh, accessibility features on macOS and iOS. But on macOS, one of them is the accessibility keyboard, which by default, it is uh, an on-screen QWERTY keyboard. It's a standard keyboard for uh, folks with uh, physical and motor impairments that want to be able to type but using an on-screen keyboard rather than a physical keyboard. Um what's great about this is that as m- you know many accessibility features always uh, often do it goes beyond the traditional realm of accessibility because it allows you to customize the the, the entire thing for whatever need you may have. Um And what you can do with the accessibility keyboard is create multiple panels. They're called panels, these keyboards. And there's a free app that is built and available right on your Mac called Panel Editor. And it lets you design your own keyboard. It lets you design your own custom on-screen keyboard that can be a standard keyboard or can be just a collection of buttons. And those buttons you create, there's like this, it looks like an image editor. You have a grid, you have a canvas, and you can create these buttons. And to each button, you can assign a label, you can modify the size, but then you can assign an action so that when it's clicked, it does something. And there's a collection of built-in actions, like system actions, like raise the volume or mute the volume, or like type type a letter, for example. But there's also actions like run an Apple script. And that's when things got interesting for me because what I wanted to have was. So I was using the Luna Display on the iPad Pro, and I realized there's a bunch of actions that I could do easily on a Mac with the media keys, for example, of the Magic Keyboard. But when I'm on the iPad Pro with the Luna Display and the Smart Keyboard Folio, because I didn't have the, you know, the the touch type at the time, um, but just would it, wouldn't it be nice if I had like a some kind of launcher to do things more quickly just by tapping them, sort of like having a floating launch center pro was my idea. Like, is it possible to have a thing that is always on screen that lets me tap buttons to execute actions? And I tried a bunch of things like keyboard maestro palettes or like having like persistent um, launchers on the desktop. And then I remembered about the accessibility keyboard. And so I designed this shortcuts bar, is my the my nickname. It's like a row of buttons that do things, like pause iTunes or mute system sounds or open the iCloud Drive folder in the Finder. Uh, and so that was really interesting in putting this together and sort of it opened... Um, it brought me back to using AppleScript and and you know, going crazy over the limitations and and you know the little idiosyncrasies of of AppleScript. Uh, but that was a that was fun too. Like it was a fun learning experience. This idea of you can design your own keyboard panel and you can make any action that you want using these built in suggestions or just using your own AppleScript stuff.
2: I think it's super fascinating. And then when you start putting like Better Touch Tool and and then you've got it like moving all the windows around and stuff. It's like a really interesting way of doing it.
1: Yeah, that that was my other problem in that. My Mac Mini is always connected to the UltraFine display. And um when you uh, when you connect via Luna display, uh, by default it becomes the secondary display and and this is called the extended desktop mode on macOS. The problem is um the primary display uh, on the Mac is where your uh, all your apps and your desktop icons, they show up first by default. So when you open an app, by default it goes to the primary display and then you need to move it to the secondary display. Uh, my problem was, of course... I'm using a secondary display from another room. I'm not necessarily in front of the Mac mini so that I have my trackpad, but I want to use macOS from the kitchen table and the Mac mini is in the bedroom. So, uh how can I move these windows back and forth between displays? And of course, one solution would be just unplug the cable of the Ultrafine so that the Luna display becomes the primary display by default. But I don't want to, you know, remember to unplug and replug every single time. So, I struggled with this for a long time like I came across some system modifications to let you automate uh, switching displays, but that required disabling uh, SIP on Mojave, System Integrity Protection, and really didn't want to do that. Yeah, uh, it's because, a you know, bad idea. <laughs> all kinds of nasty things could happen, so I don't want to do that. Um, so I sort of gave up on the idea of finding a way to automate display switching, which is not possible uh, on the Mac. And I realized, well, maybe I just need to figure out how to make working with a secondary display better and faster. And better Touch Tool is, you know, uh, is, is uh, this utility that all kinds of people use for all kinds of different things. For example, uh, John Boris, we do app stories together. It customized better Touch Tool completely to use, uh, you know, to access certain logic Pro. It's called Logic Pro 10, the new version. Um, but logic shortcuts, logic actions. Uh, and one of the categories, yeah, one of the categories of actions the BetterTouch tool has is window control. And so you can, you can shuffle windows back and forth between displays. You can resize them. You can, you can actually give them exact pixel <laughs> coordinates to do window resizing. So uh, combining all of that, with the accessibility keyboard, uh, the idea of ca- I can now just open the iPad, log into Luna Display, um, move all my windows from the ultra-fine to the iPad's display, and now I have a, you know, a reasonably efficient macOS environment where I have keyboard shortcuts to resize my windows, I have visual shortcuts to do things like opening the Finder or muting system sounds because my Mac Mini is always streaming audio to the HomePod uh, or, you know, hiding the Luna display window <laughs> that always comes up and it's so annoying um, or showing, hiding the dock, you know, all these things. So this combination of keyboard shortcuts and visual shortcuts, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really fascinating way to get work done because it's like you have macOS on your iPad And it works well enough because you can use both the pencil and the keyboard for inputs. But it's still an app, so you can sort of use it on demand just when you need it. And I don't have to sit down, you know, go necessarily to another room and sit down and switch contacts. I can just, you know, I need to do something on quest for two minutes. I can just stay at the kitchen table and do it from the iPad.
2: Yeah, and there are um, software Complete software based solutions, right? Like Duet and Air Display are two. But I will say, from my own experience, um, they they, work, they both work perfectly fine.
1: They do work, yeah.
2: But the Lunar Display is a much better experience. The lag is definitely better. The image quality is definitely better. And I find this, you said this in your article, when, when using the Lunar Display, like sometimes it feels like the Mac is just native. Like yeah. I forget. Yeah sometimes that i'm sitting and looking at an ipad like it works very 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 well and i've found the other stuff it works but it doesn't work as well as i would want yeah found. it's
1: it's like it's 70 percent there and the luna is like 90 percent there and it's yeah. that at, at those levels you can tell the difference in in like image quality and just the general smoothness and yes i've tried you know i have a 2018 fully specced mac mini uh, well, not fully specced, but reasonably specced Mac Mini with like 16 gigs of RAM and, you know, the, the better CPU option. Uh, I have a mesh Wi-Fi, you know, 5 gigahertz network. It's really good Wi-Fi. So I, I've tried those apps before, but the latency and the image quality and the image artifacts and various glitches, they were like, I could use those apps. But compared to the Luna display, you know, I prefer the nicer experience, even if it requires buying a separate accessory. Um, but yeah, it was a you know it was a fun learning experience really to just uh dive back into the world of keyboard maestro and Apple Script and Better Touch Tool and the accessibility stuff. And I guess what I tried to say in the conclusion of the article was that maybe someday we will have this kind of Apple laptop that um, can do you know, it's got the app ecosystem of iOS and, you know, the intuitive interactions of iOS, but also this idea that you can personalize everything and that you get access to these really technical and really powerful apps and utilities uh, such as macOS. Maybe one day there will be, you know, there will be a thing that you can buy and actually, you know, it runs on Apple OS. Uh, but until that happens, and I reckon it'll be a while, uh, you know, this mixed sort of hybrid environment, it works pretty well. Uh, now, you can do this via VNC software. You can do this with other vo- wireless display apps like Duet and Air yeah, Display. Yeah, like all of the
2: stuff that Federico talking about, you don't need a lunar display to do it. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. To, to be able to use like um, the better touch tool stuff, the accessibility yeah, yeah. keyboard stuff. Right. Like that's all running on the Mac. It's just like uh, what also, is your portal to it?
1: I use this stuff when I'm using the Mac physically in front of my Mac mini as well. Like I have the accessibility keyboard shown in front of me right now and I have better touch tool keyboard shortcuts set up for the Mac, for the Mm -hmm. ultra fine display. So all of these things, you can use them. uh, You know, you don't need, yeah.
2: But it is... You know, a strong personal preference from both of us that the best yeah. experience, the most native feeling experience, is the Luna display to do it.
1: You know, yeah, and I, you know, I like nice things, and I like mm-hmm. the the best options, and you know, uh, it's just the 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 image quality that you get with the Luna. It's just you know, some something that I prefer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, was fun to write about Mac stuff again for sure. It's like but, a story
0: um, you wrote, like a story about the Mac. Uh, what could you call that website
1: yeah well that, that's uh, a Story good domain Max. name yeah, yeah. Uh, um now that I've done this because <laughs> it was like two months late um I got a you know there's this uh, I'm going back to more traditional ipad stories um hopefully before w w d c uh so we'll see there's a you know there's kind of a no big deal. Well, like a like a ten year anniversary coming up <laughs> next week. So after mm-hmm. that, it's Gosh, all wrapped next week. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> we have a lot of things planned uh, uh, at Max Stories. It'll be the ten year anniversary. So uh, I I usually don't like you know these kinds of like self celebrations, but you know it's ten years. We're doing a few things. So starting Monday, that'll be things on mac stories uh but yeah after that it's all hmm. you'll be happy to know that i just uh, registered
2: storymax.com
1: thank you otherwise somebody else would have
2: i will direct to your website
1: thank you (laughs) storymax but yeah so after that uh i will be back to traditional ipad coverage for a while so this was fun though It it was really fun i think that
0: about does it uh, if you want to find links and stuff we talked about, including Federico's awesome article about this uh, lunar Display, Mac, iPad, hybrid madness, head over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash um, 238. I'd like to mention, too, we have a handful of tickets left to our WDC show. So if you haven't uh, bought a ticket and you're going to be in San Jose that first week of June, we'd love to have you at the show. So that link will be uh, there as well. For
2: about... Like ninety percent sold out, so it's not many tickets left.
0: So if you're gonna be there, you want one. It's, it's now is your time. So you're saying,
1: yeah, you want and you want to be there because my surprise is complete and just waiting oh. for this event to happen. So really worries
2: anxiety me. Anxiety that I feel. <laughs> i'm now
1: in the i'm now in the planning stages for how the surprise will be revealed there will be games involved you know the audience will participate actively in this so you want to be there trust me it's a you know putting a lot of work into this
0: i don't 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 worry
1: it's all safe content it's all you know uh, all, all safe and, and funny and in good spirits. So. Do we
0: have to wear helmets?
1: No, no. But you will also you two will participate, but in a different way than the audience. So you, you'll that's
0: see. the part I'm scared about.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I had assumed. I will not ask you to jump off a, of a platform like Field Schiller. No, that's
0: good. We're... Our insurance doesn't allow that, anyways. <laughs> okay, uh, you can. Get in touch with us via email if you have feedback or follow-up. There's a link there on the sidebar on the web page. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter. You can follow Federico there as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And as we mentioned, Federico's site, Mac Stories, turns 10 next week. I've gotten a, a sneak peek at some of the stuff that's being planned, and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You can go to
2: StoryMax.com or iOSStories.net. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those websites will Jesus. take you to Federico's website. <laughs> that is my gift to you uh, on yeah. your 10th anniversary: is to redirect iOSstories.net uh, back to you. So mm. mm-hmm.
0: it's good. <laughs> it was you. going to Casey's Thank site before. Should. I think
2: it was going to my own site. Was where it was going. It was going to Mike Hulley. <laughs> wow. was right.com was where it went to. That's but good. now uh, it goes. It goes to where it should.
0: Good. That feels. That feels right to me. Thank you can you, Mike. find Mike on Twitter as IMYKE and Mike is the host of a whole lot of shows here on Relay FM. Uh, you can find me there as ISMH and I write 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Freshbooks, Squarespace and Warby Parker. And until next week, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci.
2: Cheerio.
0: Adiós.